It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Jets have finished in last place in the AFC East in the last three seasons and six of the last seven. Can the arrival of Aaron Rodgers change that? It's Jets Day, and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Joe, happy National Joe and Kyle Change Their Backgrounds Day. Here, to you. It's a good way to put it. Joe went to the beach and Kyle just got tired of his desk being in the same spot for three weeks in a row, so he moved it again. Yeah, so it's fourth switch in your office since you moved in in January? Uh, Correct. That's impressive. Yeah, but I, I really like the natural lighting opportunities in this one if you're on mm-hmm. on the youtube channel right uh, it's you know, we had some good natural lighting opportunities when i was flush towards this wall but then i had the jerseys in the background and i had the light from the windows shining directly onto the jerseys and it creates the big glare i don't have that now so the big win is that i am still not the only merino that's in the podcast every day right? yeah the background yeah, yeah dan, dan, dan's there to which is fitting you find a way to bring dan merino's name up when we're talking about the jets Jets stay on the podcast. Jets stay on the podcast. That's right. Our fourth and final AFC East team. Right. Everybody loves a couple of uh, non-Jets guys, AFC East guys talking Talking about about it. The Jets. Hey, we gave the Patriots a real honest look. We'll do the same again. That's right. We absolutely will. And we're going to start over on the offensive side of the ball. And there's a lot of upheaval. Obviously, you think about the nucleus that was in place with that offense last year with Garrett Wilson being as successful hit as he was coming in as a, and as promising as Brees Hall looked when he was healthy. You have the tight end room that they invested heavily in uh, last season to go get Tyler Conklin and CJ Zoma and draft Jeremy Rucker. And then they add a new name to that in this year's draft, but that's neither here nor there. But then they go out and they get a, a lot of complimentary pieces that are familiar with the system that we are running courtesy of Aaron Rodgers coming over in the trade, obviously from green Bay. So I think that, that's the lead for me is it's like, how does the established infrastructure mesh with a new quarterback and Alan Lazard and obviously a new play caller. So that for me is kind of the, it's a, it's an unknown intangible that that is probably the storyline to watch for the first month of the season for the jets. But 
the good news is I think they did have a very sturdy nucleus in which to build off of last year. And if I'm not mistaken, that early season schedule is pretty tough on the Jets. Uh, so they'll be pretty stressed to get this thing going quick. Um, I go to the offensive line, Kyle, and this starting five has a chance to be really solid. Um, but at the same time, I, I can find myself with a reasonable question about each one of their starters, but then I have like a little silver lining here. So let me work through this. Left tackle, likely Dwayne Brown, aging player. Definitely didn't play his best football. If there ever was a time of watching Dwayne Brown where I felt like he kind of missed a step, it was last year. But also you can be mindful of a um, coming in kind of late in the process and having to right. know, be part of something new. That's challenging. Lakin Tomlinson, a big you know free agent acquisition. You thought there would be a lot of uh, opportunity for him with the Jets, with LaFleur running that offense, coming from San Francisco. Didn't play his best football, but I thought he got better throughout the course of the season. Connor McGovern at center, you feel like they've been trying to replace him for a long time. He kind of keeps coming back. They drafted Joe Tippman, who I think is certainly going to be the successor, but you know what's what's the ceiling there? Elijah Vera Tucker, when he's healthy, he's been really good, but he's coming off of a season-ending injury. And then Mekhi Becton, the ultimate wild card at right tackle. So you look at this starting five, and you could say, okay, this looks potentially pretty good, but I also have questions. What I really like about what Joe Douglas did this offseason was bringing in a couple of nice hedges. Wes Schweitzer, as a hedge against the middle of the offensive line, having a nice option. And then Billy Turner, who, I mean, maybe he's never been an impact starter, but as your third tackle, I mean, Billy Turner's a really high quality option in that type of spot. And so I think they have a couple of good hedges here, but obviously you can look at that starting group and say, Hey, I'm not sure about any one of these five guys, uh, but the depth here, I think really kind of helps them uh, in case there's any hiccups along the way in developing this unit. Yeah, I think with the investments that they've spent in some of these players, you know who your preferred five are. But I do think there is some reasonable opportunity to kind of let these guys come in. And if Mekhi Becton is not elevating his game and Billy Turner or Max Mitchell is able to kind of build off of their career NFL resumes to this point, Mitchell, obviously a young player who, Seemed like a really good scheme fit for what the Jets were last year. I, I think that's probably a tough transition to take in stride, but you have the hedges, like you said. And Schweitzer, I think when he's healthy, is, is a quality yeah. start option in the in interior. So you, you have that plus Tipman. I think you have five viable starters on the interior for this Jets team. It's just figuring out how much does Dwayne Brown have left in the tank and who is going to commandeer amongst the competition that other tackle spot. How about Garrett Wilson? I mean, I mean, geez, like Joe Douglas drafted the offensive and the defensive rookie of the year. Now it helps having didn't they were both picking like the top eleven, so that's helpful. But uh, still, man, yeah, yeah, they were. That's that's, that's pretty that's... doggone good. And and Garrett Wilson, I mean, he just run routes. He runs routes like a pro, and and that's so refreshing because I feel like we talk about so many of these good receiver prospects coming out, and there's a lot to like. But you're like, it's always yeah, but. Do they win routes? Because like that's at the end of the day, it's about getting open and catching the football. Well, Garrett Wilson, folks, can get open and catch the football. I thought he ran routes at a really high level as a rookie, and um, I'm sure the Jets are really excited about him and him being the one of the primary focal points of this offense for a long time to come. And you know they still have some of their holdovers from last year. Obviously, not Braxton Berrios or Elijah Moore, but. They still have uh, Corey Davis in the fray, who I feel like anytime Corey Davis is healthy, he can make an impact, but injuries just have been problematic. And now you bring in some familiarity with 
Aaron Rodgers, at least in the form of Alan Lazard, who's coming off his best season. And uh, Randall Cobb, who, you know, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is allowed to play football without Randall Cobb being on the team, not to mention Miko Hardman here, who's a speedster. Um, so they've got some options here in this passing game, like you mentioned, the tight ends. But I'm interested to kind of get your take on these running backs because it's a really, really young group. Mm-hmm. And obviously you mentioned Bright Brees Hall already flashed a ton in the six or seven games that he was able to play. But obviously a big scheme shift and stylistically how he'll be asked to carry the football. Carter and Knight feel like nice depth players. I thought Zonovan Knight really kind of emerged when this team really needed him last year. And Izzy Abanacanda as a as a draft pick from this past year, a lot of a lot of upside here from this group, but not a lot of uh, consistent production in the NFL that you can point to. Oh, I, I like adding Izzy to this group. I, I think Izzy is the hedge on the Brees Hall role because ideally, if you, if you're getting Brees Hall at his best. He's was a player at Iowa State who handled a ton of workload, right? And now coming back off of injury, how quickly will he be 100%? Is there kind of that weird transitional year? Well, the one thing we know about Abanacan is he can hit home runs. And with Rodgers at quarterback and Garrett Wilson and a size player in Lazard and the tight ends, you would like to think, that this offense is going to facilitate two high shells and give the backs lighter boxes to work in and, and use that home run hitting ability. So I, I kind of put these guys in two separate buckets. Uh, it's your third down slash short yardage types in Carter and Zonovan Knight. And then it's Hall and Abanacanda as players who I think are, are viable volume players. And maybe they end up splitting with one another as it goes. But um, I think there's enough even the two home run hitters of this group in Hall and Abanacanda that I think are also volume guys, like they're big, dense dudes too. Mm-hmm. So I really like the physical makeup of the group. You wish there was a little bit more experience. Absolutely. But I, I really like the DNA of the players in this group uh, because I think there is some level of versatility, but there's also, I think, a level of interchangeability where yeah. I don't necessarily know that you have that in a pass catching group. So I actually I actually like the ambiguity of the running back room more than the pass catchers, even though I think the skill sets of some of the pass catchers are are better and more established. All right, we're going to talk a lot about Aaron Rodgers here coming up in the third segment. I know that but. we didn't get to him too much, but, but. first we got to tell you about FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there is simply no better place to get in on the action than over at FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, talk about a hedge, Kyle. Just go over to fanduel.com slash locked on to join. I love betting over at FanDuel. They have uh, a safe and secure, easy to use app. Great promotions every day. We already mentioned Major League Baseball is in full swing, but check out the football's futures bets, whether you want to get in on some of the player props for rushing, receiving, passing stats, the over-under for win totals, bet on the awards and where those odds fall on. You got to check it out. Don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Again, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason – 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Jill. We have to talk about the defensive side of the football. Good unit last year. And this was a group that blew a lot of people away. (laughs) Uh, They are fast. They are physical. Extremely physical. They have depth. Now, I think some areas of depth in this defense are better than others. I really like in the back end the complementary skill sets. You've got a size guy in Sauce Gardner. You have a little bit more of a smaller player, but still a very good player in DJ Reed at the other corner spot. I think Jordan Whitehead is a quiet straw that stirs the drink with what he can do defensively. Uh, Adrian Amos is a free agent addition. It was going to be Chuck Clark. Sounds like he tore his ACL last week, which is obviously super unfortunate. I don't know how much of a drop-off you'll have from Chuck Clark to Adrian Amos. You have a speed player in Ashton Davis. Uh, The the nickel is our daily have-to-come-to-consensus discussion. We'll, We'll come with the nickel. Uh, but I, I look at the secondary, and I, I think the DNA of this group obviously fits very well with Robert Sala and what you want to conceptually do defensively. And and I, that that feels much more like the catalyst for success for the team than the front, because the front is so high volume of rotation. You know, it's not, well, we've got X player and X player is going to take over because they really like to churn guys and and keep guys fresh. So for me, the secondary is where this defense starts and ends. Yeah, if I remember uh, a quote that I researched a couple months ago on the Jets and their rotation, I I think Coach Salas said he doesn't want these guys playing more than four snaps in a row. Mm-hmm. And and I it's been I think that's been really fun to kind of unpack as we've worked through all these teams and getting more acquainted with them very intimately is seeing the variance in terms of okay, you have the Eagles and Jets and Bills that really do subscribe to that. And those are, honestly, those are three really good defenses. Then you have some other defenses that, you know, they're, they're going to have a couple of stalwarts that are going to push for eight, nine hundred snaps, a thousand snaps. And, you know, the Jets are definitely not one of those teams. But I, I think what is exciting about their front is I think they have a lot of depth and a lot of youth. Um, you go on the interior, Quinn and Williams emerging as one of the elite defensive tackles in the game. I think he's going to get $25 million a year whenever his extension comes more. through. You more. think more than 25? More. Okay, so at least 25, 25 Which is, which it's worth it, but it's also crazy. What's the most amount of snaps Quinn Williams has played in a season? I, do you have the answer? I don't know the I answer. Do. Uh, I do. 700, I'd guess. He's never played 700 snaps in a season before. What's the high? Six something? It's like 690 last year. Okay, yeah. So, like that's an embodiment of what you are talking about with the ideology. And like, I guess it works, but at the same time, if I'm paying a guy $25 million plus per season to play defense for me, I kind of want to, yeah. <laughs> like I want him out there at 750, 800 snaps at least. Right. 
You'd think. I mean, it's if there Who's was a tell Robert Sala he's wrong though. It's or tell Jonathan working. Gannon he's wrong with his seventy sack Eagles, right? And the same same type of deal. Um, so Quentin Williams, obviously kind of the, the pillar of this unit up front, but I think Quentin Jefferson was a nice addition from a pass rushing perspective. Mm-hmm. He's been a good rush player. And then Al Woods is a kind of your a gap defender, more traditional nose. But I mean, the depth on the edge is really where I get excited with, you know, you got a couple of savvy vets in Carl Lawson and John Franklin Myers, but Jermaine Johnson, a first round pick from last year, Michael Clemens was arguably better than Jermaine Johnson as a non-first round pick. I'd say he was. Or another yeah. young player there. They just drafted Will McDonald with their first round pick this year. Bryce Huff is a nice quality depth rotational player. They've got the the horses in the stable to unleash them and really, you know, buy into their rotation strategy. Let me ask you this. I, I agree with everything you're saying, and I, I really like the DNA of the defense. But if you're the Jets... And trade for Aaron Rodgers. You kind of declare yourself a window of one to two years, however long Aaron plays, whatever. And you have a top 20 pick at your disposal. Are you, would you have used it on your fifth pass rusher? No, no. And I think that's extremely fair criticism, whether you like McDonald or not. And like, I, I, I like the projection, obviously moving him out of the B gap and, into a wide nine system is, is probably going to yield very successful results for the jets. But I think that that is the component of this offseason that I take the exception with is the opportunity cost of the window that you've put yourself in with the timeline, with the quarterback that you acquired. And look, you could say, Oh, well, they'll go find somebody else if Aaron retires and, and keep contending. But, okay. Like let's, let's focus on the year that's upcoming. Right. That for me, it just, I would have asked myself, is there a player that I can get more than 350, 400 snaps from this year that can be a meaningful player? Because Clemens under contract for an extended period of time, Jermaine Johnson under contract for an extended period of time, Franklin Myers is here, right? Like Carl Lawson probably getting close to the end based off his current financial situation. But you have young pass rushers in the building plus what you have on the interior. If we are led to believe that the YouTube videos that are produced by the actual team are true, it sounded like their decision when they were picking was between Will McDonald, Michael Mayer, and Broderick Jones. And if I'm not mistaken, did, did Pittsburgh trade in front of them to get Jones? Pittsburgh jumped up and get got Jones. Yeah. And so they, I think I, I don't know what their first option was, but this tells me that Joe Douglas is very much a BPA guy, right? Like there's yeah. he doesn't think about need, um, and so that is often celebrated, but I think it is fair to say that like you've signed yourself up for a one to two year window with Rogers. And like you mentioned, this is your fifth pass rusher. Like not a lot of teams dress five defensive ends. You know what I mean? Like unless one plays special teams. So we think that's going to happen. Um, it, it, it is a fair, yeah, which, a which fair question these, to ask. Which, which of these five, Franklin Myers, Jermaine Johnson, Carl Lawson, Michael Clemens, Will McDonald is going to play on teams. Probably Will McDonald, but are you gonna, is your first round pass rusher going to be covering kicks and punts? I mean, come on, it's different, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, you know what? It's, it's another sidebar here on on things that surprised me about the offense, or excuse me, the off season. I didn't think that we'd be talking about the Jets here in the middle of June with Corey Davis, Carl Lawson, and Lincoln Tomlinson all on this right. Team. You know, right. like. Those were kind of the foregone conclusion is those are cap casualties upcoming and here they are. 
Well, and case in point, with the way that this year's free agent market went, are those players more valuable to you on the team? Or are the players that you would have been able to get to go back into the market and get Mm. different players that are probably in the same stratosphere, but you'd have to, again, overpay by 20%. Like what, what's the better ROI? So I I think for the complaint with Will McDonald and the fifth pass rusher with your first round pick and opportunity cost there, I don't know that the opportunity cost of keeping Carl Lawson and keeping Corey Davis versus the player that you could have gone out and got instead. I don't know that the opportunity cost is bad. And then it also helps that Aaron Rodgers did what Aaron Rodgers did with his contract. Yeah. Because we're kind of sitting in this, I mean, we're sitting on a nuclear bomb, right? Like <laughs> the the cap status for 2024 is something that's going to have to be handled. Uh, good to see CJ Mosley kind of finding himself over the last couple of years. Yeah, he was good Jets. last Got, year. He yeah, was good he was good. They have this other corner, Kyle Sauce Gardner. I'm not sure if you're familiar with, with him. He's been pretty good. Ricky. Yeah. So that'll, I mean, Sauce Gardner uh, going to be a pillar of this defense for a long time, right? I'm, I'm sure Jets fans are in the brass. Everybody associated with the Jets are very, very excited about him and his forecast moving forward. All right, so we're going to continue this conversation today on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. We have to come to consensus on, well, Michael Carter and uh, this guy named Aaron Rodgers. So that's coming up here after a very quick break. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Offense or defense? We should probably get get Michael Carter out of the way. Let's get him out of the way. Okay. Here, uh, for those of you who are on YouTube, I am going to pull up the depth chart right now our roster cornerstones for the new york jets are sauce gardner first of all how impressive is it that sauce gardner and garrett wilson both received consensus roster cornerstone assessments as rookies last year it's rare stuff that's you know speaks for itself uh we also have quinn and williams Uh, we need to discuss aaron Rodgers. he's in contention to be a roster cornerstone uh, and then from a quality starter perspective, it's DJ Reed, John Franklin Myers, CJ Mosley, Jordan Whitehead, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, plus uh, the, the punt god Thomas Morstead. I'm so go mad. Ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Get it out. Get it out. I'm so mad he went to the Jets. I, I, I'm rooting for nothing but success for Thomas Morstead, though. The most jack punter in the league. The most accurate punter in the league, too, right? You'd probably say. Yes. His control of kicks is, is special, and he's, like, done it for a long time. I remember – because he was with the Saints forever, right? Correct. I remember telling myself, well, he kicked in the dome. He's not going to be that good for the Dolphins. And then 
he came up to Buffalo and coffin cornering punts in the middle of the snow. I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I said that about you, Thomas. You're really, really good. <laughs> so, so he's, yeah, he's a stud. Um, okay. Michael Carter, the slot corner. That's, yes. that's who we're talking about. Um, we got I have him as a sufficient way. level starting slot corner. You say that he's a quality depth. Player. I think he's a quality depth. player. What, how are we going to cut? I little, I think that he's a sufficient starting. So I mean, not, not that I'm like building a big argument here, but like I watch him play. I see him being able to handle some man coverage responsibilities. I see him tackle. I see him doing his one eleventh on this very good defense. And like, I, I don't, necessarily have any concern about him continuing that role it's just tiny that's what this is about it's about size yeah because you don't have another linebacker right can can we confirm we don't have another linebacker you have yeah quincy Quincy williams Williams and cj mosley Mosley. you can't that's the only it's the only rostered linebackers you have your other two guys are converted safeties who were like 220 pounds right 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 so I would just like the nickel with the DNA of the rest of the group to have a little bit more sturdiness to him as a player. And maybe this is the, the subconscious bias here, but I watched Tua Tungavaloa run him over. I mean, Tua's a, Tua's a dense guy, man. <laughs> Stop. Come on now. So this is a preference thing for you. The Jets are aware of that. They said, you know what, Michael Carter's our slot. We're not even doing anything here to, to bring in competition. They, they're aware of that roster construction, and they're like, you know what, Michael Carter's our guy. I did think he was showed some growth last year. He was a better tackler. He was not a good tackler his rookie season. He missed like 10% of his tackles his rookie season. And Bill's world, we're hoping for 10% missed tackle rates. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like, it's, it's 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 wild how like there's always give and take, right? Like you can be good in so many things, but then it's like tackling, eh. and then other teams are really good tacklers, and it's like, man, we'd love to have the athleticism that Buffalo has, or like whatever. It's all give and take. I'll tell you this: I I feel like if if we have to be like equitable here, I feel more willing to come off a of Carter than I do where I am with Rogers, but that's obviously a conversation that's coming here. Okay. So let's, let's do the thing and I'll bring up the D the history of nickels. Okay. That we have done thus far. Nickel corners to receive a adequate starter assignment would include Shannon Sullivan in Pittsburgh, Avante Maddox with Philadelphia, Desmond King, with the Texans, or T- uh, Tavier Thomas with Houston. Uh, Eric Stokes, technically Eric Stokes with the Packers. Uh, and then Quan Williams uh, with the Broncos. That's it. This doesn't this doesn't feel like the right mix for him? What about Mike Hughes? I, I, I have not heard you have any exception with Michael Carter other than his size. I'll meet you there. I'll give him an adequate starter. Let's talk Aaron uh, Rodgers. Where do I you have him go? as I have him as a franchise cornerstone. You have him as a, a quality starter. So, yes, it, it do. I think that Aaron Rodgers has all the possible arm talent that you could want from your quarterback. Yes. 
on a scale of one to 10, what would you grade Aaron Rodgers' execution of the offense last year? Fair criticism. It's not about the physical talent at this point. Am I worried about the longevity? Yes. But it was more about the execution. And if you want to, if you want to rationalize that as a Jets fan and say, that's fine. He was like, he was just tapped out in Green Bay. Like, okay, but that's also a heck of a bet to place that he's just going to flip the switch. And we've heard the discussions of he's as rejuvenated as he's ever been, but like, you got to do it. Like, I don't, I don't care what anybody says in May and June about OTAs. I need to see the execution back to the level that you would expect of executing the offense in September and October before I'm going to change my tune. And even then, like we're on the doorstep of 40. He turns 40 this year. So that, that for me was why I didn't place him in roster cornerstone. It wasn't just, okay, he's old. It's yeah. I don't know how long we're going to be here. And then also like you objectively did not execute your offense particularly well last year and probably the worst you've done in a long time. Yeah. I, I from Packers people that I've talked to about that, I don't, I've, it doesn't sound like he trusted anything that was happening with that offense from a protection, from a pass catcher's perspective. And so he kind of, he, he freelanced uh, the entire season and he played his worst football of his career. There's no question about that. My case for him being a, a franchise cornerstone is, I mean, yeah, it wasn't his best season. You could just say he's Aaron Rodgers. Like, Well, I mean, he is Aaron Rodgers. He's two-time MVP the previous two seasons, right? Well, yeah, great career, but like, this is, this is what, really pushes me into the the cornerstone bucket every single thing that this Jets team is trying to accomplish right now is centered around this man right or wrong and whether it's what they gave up to get him the contract that they acquired the players that and coaches that have been brought in because of him like this is as quickly as it can become all about Aaron Rodgers, like it's true in ways that we didn't even see from like what Denver did for Russ and Cleveland and, and Watson. And what, ta- like even to the degree of what Tampa did with Tom, right? It this wasn't, it wasn't like this dude. So that's what I, I'm foiling all that together. And I'm saying, you know what? Yeah. Things were rough in green Bay last year. He obviously wasn't happy with the situation, didn't trust anybody. Previous two seasons playing quarterback as high level level as anybody in the NFL. And this team has just literally, I mean, embraced everything about Aaron Rodgers as their identity moving forward. So here's what we're going to do. A year or two. I'm going to put Aaron Rodgers in the Navy Blue, a.k.a. roster cornerstone bucket. But I think what we need to finish with here as we close is to talk about what that does for the Jets' actual team life cycle. Oh, it sets it back potentially. Well, you've become, you are a win now. Like I've heard a lot of Jets fans on social media referencing the drafting of Joe Douglas and they have the salary cap space and so on and so forth. And that's all factually true, right? But when you bring in Aaron on the clock, that's Aaron's on and you make it all about Aaron and the way that they have. Well, now the nucleus of your team has kind of been molded in the form and vision of Aaron Rodgers. And like, even if Aaron plays two years, okay, you have a two year window, like you're a win now franchise now. Yeah. 
And the second year of this, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is owed $107.6 million in cash next year because of what the Packers did with his contract before they traded him. It's it's a lot. Kyle, Riding I feel on like, 2024. I feel like I've been as big of a Joe Douglas fan as you can find. We have three consecutive last place finishes in the division. And we put all of our eggs in this Aaron Rodgers basket. That feels like this team should be a double-digit win team and be a playoff contender. Am I sure of that? I have no idea. I saw that this team collapse down the stretch last year. I, you can point to quarterback play. That's fine. They've certainly made the biggest of possible upgrades that you can at quarterback. But if this doesn't work, Joe Douglas is going to have three last-place finishes in the division to go with a failed trade for Aaron Rodgers that's going to set this team back. I'm not going to put a number of years on it because we've seen teams come out of the gutter quick, but it's going to make it harder. But I, so I don't everything think, I don't think everybody it. survives, right? No. No. like Because then, dude, if it doesn't work, he's going to fit the Zen. You had the number two pick, and there was other quarterbacks, and it you, you picked the wrong guy, clearly. So Aaron Rodgers goes in the cornerstone bucket, but you are now at a point where your cornerstone, the cornerstone of your team and your entire identity as a football team with the pressure to win is 40 years old with a hundred million dollars in cash next season. And you gave up probably your first round pick to, to get him. And it was a future first round pick firmly a win now team and it's it's especially more amplified if we're putting Aaron Rodgers in the roster cornerstone bucket in spite of the questions and for that reason they need to make sure that Rodgers is happy and try to get two years out of him like that's got to be the goal here right <laughs> right like but what happened what, what if he doesn't play well they lose what if this team starts you know what I mean start slow does the buy-in fade quick I mean it's it well, and like then could there is a whole element of New York that is unmatched in professional sports for the market that you're in and how volatile that can get. So for the, for the Jets season to be optimized, I think you have to have success early. I think that there, there is a certain level of pressure for the first month of the season to not fall into... Let me see what's what's their schedule. I know they played the Bills, Cowboys, Open Patriots. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles, Broncos, Eagles. Then the bye. Like you got to be three and three. Yeah. Yeah, and you go at the that you get four of those at home. That's which is helpful. You're at Dallas, at yep. Denver. The rest are at home. And then you come out of the bye and you play three out of four on the road. And then a short week the following. We're going to know after after week 12. After week 12, they, they're finished with Buffalo in week 11. Then their first situation with Miami. We'll see. And they but finish that, with three out of four on the road, too. That's tough. Now, the, the, the level of difficulty for some of those right. teams on the back end looks a little bit more favorable, but... Atlanta, Houston, Washington, New England. 
four of their last six. Yeah. Road dates against to Cleveland and Miami. Those are tougher games, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I have a lot of interest in the first six weeks for the Jets. You think they'd sign up for three and three right now? I don't think Jets fans would, but no, because if, if I were yeah. a team that was looking for the pathway of best success for the team this year, I would sign up for three and three right now. You're at Dallas. That's tough. But that's it for us here on the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Marino. We are the Draft Dudes. We hope you enjoyed today's show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Surely you will come back tomorrow as we've had here on the bottom ticker. We have the Minnesota Vikings tomorrow, the Baltimore Ravens on Wednesday, the New York Giants on Thursday, and then the Los Angeles Rams on Friday. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Shout out to the everydayers who are locked in with us on a daily basis. We're out of here. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.